I am Stone Cold Dirty Dog, and I am here on my podcast, Main Event Status Radio, with my guest in studio on the WWE Network, Mr. Beverly Hills McMahon. And Beverly, I had to ask, aren't I the best competitor you ever had better than Ted Turner? Well, I will tell you this, Stone Cold Dirty Dog, all I know about you is that I love it. And I love you, and I love Ted Turner! And that's the bottom line on Stone Cold's podcast. From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Mastery, Minnesota, moved all over, name, event, status, radio, with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, 90210, and the Dirty Dog. Welcome back to Main Event Status Radio. You guys know who I am. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. And as talked about on the last week's episode of the podcast, we have Captain Obvious Trey Dent on. This podcast is a little bit special because I flew out to the deepest, darkest part of, parts of Africa to be in studio with my guest. And before I welcome my guest, that's because this is the main event part of the podcast... I had to open up my one of multiple cans of middle y'all for the night with the one, the only, Mr. Beverly Hills. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so excited. I'm here. I'm in main event status, branded recording studios, the million dollar studios. Everything is tip top, number one. I don't, I'm so excited. I don't think I told you this. I don't think you noticed this. But if you look over your your shoulder, yes. Tell us about that little pit, that little drawing behind you. Well, there's a beautiful, uh, I believe Dean Stahl picture. Yes. yes, a beautiful Dean Stahl picture of myself, Mr. Beverly Hills, as uh, Andre the Giant, um, the one and only Dirty Dog Darcy as. Uh, Ted DiBiase, <laughs> and then a uh, future guest, yes, fu- future. long, long-awaited future guest. Um, I don't know if he has a name. Michael Dave. M- Michael Dave uh, as the one and only Virgil. It looks yes. like he's standing on a box. You probably have to <laughs> yes. be over the shoulder on me like that. And I like how in the drawing that y- your face looks like you're an Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, well, I think it's modeled after a picture I'm laughing. So that's <laughs> probably. I, th- I think that's where that ended up because, like, I I looked and I and then I found the picture that I think you may have given him, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm some laughing. It, it, it makes sense. <laughs> See, Mikey holding a lot of cash. Me, in my tuxedo, and you sitting down. <laughs> Mikey looks tiny behind you. Yeah, well, he looks tiny by <laughs> me in real life. So yes. So <laughs> it's perfect. It's so, perfect. So Beverly Hills, why do I have you in studio this week? Uh, because you pi- finally ponied up the big bucks to get me here. The mega bucks <laughs> that uh, that, like Captain said last week, you know, with it being the holidays, might as well be together. People who has your back. Yep. And it only makes sense for you and I to get together since we are each, one of each other's best friends. Yep. I can't think of people who have my back more than the dirty dog right here. And, so and it's the totally coins, apropos. And the coins flipped right back at you. <laughs> Thank uh, you I can't think of anybody who I, who's still in contact with me outside of college. You got that it. You're man. one of few and also one of my closest homies. 
So what are we talking about on this podcast, Mr. Beverly Hills? Uh, we're going to talk about the year that was, the year that's finishing up here, 2014. And I find it kind of amusing since you and I together probably, didn't, probably haven't watched that much of 2014 <laughs> in professional wrestling. But we thought, why not? Since, well, well, we lived it, though. Yeah, we we were here. <laughs> and 2014, besides, brought out a lot of stuff that we'd be talking about. It also brought it out Main Event Status Radio. You got it. It's the year. I think that 2014 would go down as the year that begat Main Event Status Radio. Yes, but before we talk about that, you know, we kind of talk about why 2014 year review. I guess, why aren't we so supportive of the current product? Mm, that's a, okay. All right. Well, we'll start with you, Beverly. Sure. Um... It's just not exciting, I think. It's uh, a lot of very stagnant, uh, same old, same old stuff. I mean, and it seems that whenever anything gains momentum, it uh, is kind of stopping its tracks. And I know we'll talk, looking at our outline here, we'll talk about a couple of those that I'll want to get to where that happened this year. Um and I don't know, and, and you know, back in August when it happened, again, not to get ahead of ourselves, but um, I was excited about the Brock Lesnar reign, but I think it's gotten very uh, just stale. I don't think it's gone well. Yeah they, dropped, yeah, they dropped the ball. I think they have certainly. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just not exciting. Like, they're... The, uh, the only excitement or surprises are kind of cheesy things, so I don't know. We'll, I guess, we'll get to it all. But, I guess yeah. the same with me that WWE doesn't have legit competition. Yeah. TNA, guy they're on Global, or they're on uh, Destination America now in 2015. Even before TNA, I don't never find it to be a legit a legit threat. Yeah. And so like when the times the WWE was great was when they had competition with Ted Turner back in WCW. You know, you know if granted, you know UFC is kind of modern day competition, but Vince doesn't look at it really like competition. Yeah, you know if Vince would have you know, actual competition, it being TNA, UFC, Global Force Wrestling with Jeff Jarrett, I feel like things would be a lot better. Right? Because you know, well, I guess we'll talk about it more before I actually get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. But I feel like looking back over the years. Last fifth, no, 10, 15 years, I feel like each year, since WCW and ECW closed the stores, wrestling, WWE has gotten, went down the hill. It's gotten yeah. down the drains. Well, I mean, a lot of people point to, and I guess I would agree, that kind of the peak, but also kind of the end of the Attitude Era was that, you know, WrestleMania 17 in March 2001, you know, right when the invasion took off, and that's really when it kind of started to poop out. Which, right then and there, you know? Which, which I totally agree with you. Yep. And I guess, before we go into the next question I have for this introduction, where would, you, where would we like to see the overall state of professional wrestling in 2015? That's a really good question. You want to go first? Yeah, I guess I'll go first yeah. so you think about it a little bit. Like I said about with, you know, UFC and TNA and Global Force Wrestling, since you know, Global Force Wrestling hasn't really came into its own, promotion quite yet i'll like with you tna going over to destination america i would like vince to actually look at tna or ufc as legit competition 
Kind of UFC is it's his own. It's not the same thing as WWE, but I feel like Vince should look at you know actually feel like he's in competition with one of those two promotions, not both of them, on um, bringing fans back into the company and bringing fans back into wanting to watch Rock. Because I know I you know, also mentioned before on the podcast I listen to the Wrestling Observer podcast, and since Raw went to the three hours, the third hour the ratings go down the hill, they mm-hmm. plummet, and all that. And I just feel like, you know, wrestling, WWE, is over, I guess, over-saturated the product yeah. right now, that, you know, with Raw being three hours, SmackDown being two hours, the one-hour made of, yeah, one-hour superstars on network, one-hour made event on the network, I feel like it's too much. Yeah, I feel like, you know, they need to cut, cut down on uh, you know, if they want to keep Raw and SmackDown, put Raw back to two hours. Maybe SmackDown, maybe have it one hour, 90 minutes. You know, they don't need all these hours of professional wrestling. So I guess I would like to see the, the two, main, uh, promote, two main shows, SmackDown and Raw, to be cut down. And I'd like to see Vince have, actually seeing that he has, has legit competition and trying to bring the best out of his company. Okay. In 2015. Okay. Well, I'll kind of piggyback off that because I think you touched on a couple of really good points is where I think competition is important. I think he needs to start competing with himself. Um, you know, there are people, I talk about this with my kids, you know, again, I'm, I think we've talked about that. My shoot job is that I'm a teacher, but, you know, people are motivated differently. Uh, Vince is obviously motivated by outside forces. Clearly, yeah. clearly he's motivated when... Um, People are competing with him from the outside. What I'd really like to see is him motivated from the inside and seeing what, um, you know, as good a product as he can make on his own, like without um, needing to be pushed from the outside. I would just like to see them kind of compete with themselves. And, um, you know, I like, I you know, wh- whether the, the truth of this, however you want to um, judge that, but when people talked about, couple weeks ago after that great NXT show that, um, you know, guys were trying to go out on TLC and try to kind of one-up that show. That's awesome. I don't think it's true. Yeah, that didn't happen. (laughs) No, and it didn't, and that TLC show kind of sucked. Yeah. But um, I'd love for that to happen. Why isn't there competition in that regard? Why don't you try to do better than the show that's on... A couple days before. What? Um, and I mean, like, again, as we, if you want to say, like, what we want to see going forward, I'd love to see those guys that are really tearing it up in NXT on the main roster and doing the same thing. Well, I so. guess, you know, to kind of piggyback what, what you said, uh, I know they won't do the brand extension again since the first time they failed, and they don't have the roster Worked like they used to. Yeah, I don't, they don't have the roster like they used the to. That's the big point. But I guess, you know, like I said, you know, SmackDown going back to, maybe going to 90 minutes, why not give NXT SmackDown? I Well, yeah. Or just the people who run it. Yeah. Or you know, it, Tom Stimus promoter himself, Dusty yes. Rhodes. Why isn't he, you know? Yes. He's the... Trucks, trucks, trucks. He's one of the... I see... You know there are 15,000 people behind Dirty Dog Dusty right now in the main event status recording studio. There are 15,000 people back there. But yeah, I guess, you know, because I heard on a podcast that for the main event, or for the NXT, that there's only like two writers. 
and for Ron Spectrum, there's like 26. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, you know, maybe having, couple, you know, maybe say two, three writers for Raw, two, three writers for SmackDown, and see what, who can, what writing team can be the best. Sure. But I guess, might as well go into the next topic before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, Jack. All right. Let's I, do it. And I thought, what better than episode number, I guess podcast number 29, wow. the year in review. Wow. I guess the fandom of the host. <laughs> you know, I I don't think you and I ever talked about in the podcast what got us into professional wrestling and how we first met. I, I don't know if we've ever talked in life about how we got into wrestling, in so, fact. So I thought... I think you might be shedding some light on both of us here. So I think, why not, with a microphone in between the two of us, a couple sodas... <laughs> Why not talk about it now, I guess? We're about three feet away from each other. Yes. Beverly, what got you into into professional wrestling? Okay. I remember, God, we're going on <coughs> 25 years at this point. Uh, I don't even know. I was watching um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> good show, um, good show. Yeah, that had to have been it. A couple other cartoons. And... Uh, Wrestling was next, and the first people that I remember seeing were the Rockers, and I was completely mesmerized by it, and, um, you know, my mom was a huge wrestling fan when she was growing up, um, and I think I've talked to you about that. She was a big a- AWA, I almost said A&W, <laughs> which is good, entirely good, different. Good root beer. Good root beer, good burgers, but not that. Um, she's a big AWA fan and she encouraged that. And so we started watching that and then we, um, AWA was kind of, you know, yeah, turning out hope. there. Um, and we saw, we would watch those last few with like, I remember the trooper who became the Patriot. <laughs> yes. Actually he was, and he, that's. So I started like pretending I was a wrestler and I would like wrestle this bear, this teddy bear, and I would write out tickets like the trooper and stuff it in its mouth. Um, and, you know, still to this day, greatest Christmas present ever, Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Um, and it just went from there. I just, I've, and, you know, people talk about like lapsed wrestling fans or whatever. I've never been a lapsed wrestling fan. I've, I've been a wrestling fan since I was. Four years old until now. Uh, there have been times that I've been less of a wrestling fan, but kinda I've like, always... Kind of like 20, 2014. Well, yeah, yes. but I mean, yeah, you know, through the time, I've always kind of had that in my back pocket, you know, really kind of followed it through one one means or another. Um, you know, either TV or wrestling magazines or the internet. And, you know, now it's through this. Like, I follow, I through, follow wrestling through talking with you every week. And, um, you know, whether or not I follow the current product very much. There's going to be a lot of topics on this outline where I go, ah, didn't really see it, but, um, you know... It's okay, I'll carry the podcast, Jack. It's enough uh, because, uh, you know, I I, I still like it. I still follow it through, you know, talking with you every week. For me, the... I know I mentioned this when I was a guest on the Still Real Duo show. This would have been a couple years ago now, but... (laughs) I don't think I've really mentioned it on MESR before. Many of it said it's radio. Oh, yeah, I love the word the acronym game. <laughs> yeah. MESR, brother. But I used to rent WrestleMania 4 and the Royal Rumble 1995. WrestleMania 4 I mean, got you in it? Because that's like the worst WrestleMania sorry, ever. Sorry, WrestleMania 10. Oh, 
Well, just because a little better. Just because of, of the Bret perfor- Hart's always good. Just because uh, based off the performance of Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. WrestleMania five was or not WrestleMania five <laughs> Royal Rumble nineteen eighty five was when Shawn Michaels <laughs> entered number one and outlasted every 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 uh every other superstar every sixty seconds. <laughs> then WrestleMania ten was you know the nineteen ninety four would have been you know the ladder master Shawn and Razor. Yeah. And. I always got pissed off. Each time I rented WrestleMania 10 on v- uh, VHS, that Shawn Michaels would get his foot tied up with the ropes and Razor Ramon won the Intercontinental title. <laughs> I was pissed off each time that I all wanted, because I was insane since I expected the outcome to be different. But I wanted Definition that Definition of insanity, love it. I guess I wanted, like, I wanted that it to change, the outcome to change. And... No, I had my oldest brother, Daddy Sunshine Dave, on a couple weeks ago. Ooh, covering uh, Nitro, Great guest. Great guest. Covering WCW Monday Nitro Episode 2. And I kind of talked about it a little bit with him. But both him and our other brother, Nate, got me into professional wrestling. Nice. And when, you know, when, uh, when they were younger, our father got them into professional wrestling. So it's a family tradition. And my mom's family mom's mom. Tradition. So my grandma my grandma's mom on my mom's side, so it'll be my mom's grandma, my yes, great grandma. Great grandma. She is what we usually call that. Yes. She was a big AWA fan. Awesome. And my mom remember always going over Mama D used to always go over to great grandma's place and watch the AWA with her. That's fantastic. So I guess I had Family runs through both my both sides of my family. It runs in my veins, Jack. Both of us. So yeah, and I kind of I kind of remember Hulk Hogan vaguely as a good guy in WCW before okay. the NWO turn. Okay. And I remember for the first couple months of loving Hollywood Hogan, but after a few months, towards the end of '96, I hated Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know, so I guess Hogan did something right. <laughs> and I guess before we finish this segment up, Beverly Hills. Are we talking about meeting? Right. How did we meet up? Oh, man. A long time ago in a galaxy far away. Fall of 2007. Fall 2007. Yes, yes. The Hill Case in Hall. Yes, the dormitory. You were the CA, the residential advisor, yes. RA, yes. the floor above me. Yes. And I'm, I remember the moving week, and I remember seeing you and your co-CA, Ted, together. Yep. And... Now, I know on Monday nights you did, you did your rounds. Yes, and yes, I, I did. Had, always Mondays I did rounds. And I had my do- my dorm door open on mm-hmm. Monday nights when I was watching Monday Night Raw. Yes. And you stopped in and you said, ooh, you're watching Monday Night Raw? Yes. You're a fan? Yes, I did, yeah. Well, th- that is exactly what I was going to say about meeting you is I was walking around on rounds and you had your TV precariously kind of foolishly placed in the upper uh, drawer of your closet. To hide it. Um, yeah. awesome. It was small enough to hide it up there. <coughs> awesome. Probably like a 12-inch, if that. Yep, and I and I walked by and I saw it and I go, oh, yeah, I'll just use it. Oh, you're watching Raw. Um, yeah, and I just kind of went from there. Just I'd stop by and then I started watching Raw with you and then we started watching older wrestling and... So during that during that school year that you that we that you lived in Florida above me. Yes. What have been the return of Chris Jericho? Yep, I totally remember yes, return of Chris Jericho. Which I was extremely excited about. What else happened? The ECW is a third brand in the WWE. Well that would have been about a year or so after it okay, got back. Right. That summer before that school year it was was a whole Christmas law tragedy. Oh yep, I remember that. Then uh CM Punk became ECW champion that first semester we were in college together. Or okay. that year. 
Yeah. Also, JBL returned to the ring for about a little over a year's run. Yep. After being the color commentator on SmackDown for a while. Ric Flair retiring at WrestleMania 24. Oh, yeah. That, that was a big storyline was uh, the uh, quest of Ric Flair. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, that was a big one we kind of followed from week to week. Then towards the end of that school year was the beginnings of the Shawn michaels Chris Jericho feud. Right. Which was one of my favorite feuds of all time. Especially seeing you know, Shawn Michaels who took the the banner of my favorite pro wrestler in 1995-96 when I got into professional wrestling when Hogan became heel. Right. And then Chris Jericho took that banner when Shawn Michaels retired in 98. Right. So it was my two childhood wrestling heroes colliding in 2008 for my heart. Now, well, Which Chris oh Jericho my. won, by the way. Oh, my. Now, you, for me, you're forgetting the biggest thing that Meeting you. Was, was no uh what? air trombone <laughs> santino, uh, Marilla, yes. santino with the air trombone I i'm it. sorry it was the biggest thing that happened i'm happy you remember that i remember what it would have been may of 2008 i went to ghana west africa yeah, correct and yeah. i remember checking facebook on a tuesday because there were six hours ahead of the time zone we're in in Minnesota. And I remember checking Facebook on a Tuesday, and you wrote on my wall, said, I hope you saw Santino last night on Raw with the air trombone. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the heck, Beverly Hills? You know I'm in Africa. I can't watch it. I, you know, some things are more important in life, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but we might as well take a quick commercial break. We'll be back to talk the year interview coming up. Next. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Happy holidays, everybody. Tis the season to be surprised. Especially you, Aries Abisco. I'm going to make you famous. Forget about filling up Shea Stadium, Bruno San Martino. Forget about beating Nick Bockwinkle. Forget about all those things that you never stop telling anybody about. Because on the night of the 28th, your name is going to go down in infinite. And you know why? You will have handed the NWO Nitro. The show that almost single-handedly has changed the industry as you know it. It should have been ours from the very beginning. We got cheated out of it. Not this time. Not this time. Definitely not this time. See this foot? That one right there, Larry. Size 10. E. That's the foot that I'm going to put right alongside of your head, Zabisco. It's going to hit you right about there. It'll be the last thing that you feel. Now, maybe a little lower. Oh, you won't see it. I promise you, you won't see it, but you will feel it right about there, and it'll all be over. This one here, it's all about speed. This one hits hard that fast. It's all about planning. You haven't planned very well, Larry. It's all about smarts. You haven't done your homework. It's all about training. This one. <laughs> all of the things that you haven't done. I put that one away. Don't need it. And you know what happens then? You get beat. You get embarrassed. You get humiliated. You're going to be humiliated. The man who lost Nitro. The man who had the opportunity to keep the NWO off the air. The juggernaut that has taken over for the last year and a half. You, 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 you alone had the opportunity to make it all go away. But you're going to blow it because you didn't do your homework. 
you underestimated your opponent. You, Larry Zbysko, are not a legend in your own time. You're not even a legend in your own mind. You're a legend in your own fantasy. I've got the entire NWO behind me. We've got our own referee, Bret Hart. A.J. Dillon, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? But I want to thank you. I really, really, really want to thank you. Because, Larry, this is going to be just too easy. This Monday night, a very special holiday treat for NWO fans around the world. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, because, after all, it is the season to be surprised. Is it not? The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hey, you want, oh, okay. you, want to tell Bever- you want to tell Beverly that you love him? I tell Desert. You want yes, to, you I want to tell my I... co- do you want to tell my co-host, Mr. Beverly Hills, that you love him? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh yes, <laughs> but I don't want uh, any jealousy. I'm I'm the other woman, don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. there's enough of me to go around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, talk later. Okay, love you. See you. Bye. And now you know everything. You know how Dirty Dog Darcy and I met. You know apparently about uh, Mama D and I. Uh, <laughs> you know, sorry, Mrs. Beverly Hills, uh, that you had to find out that way. But <laughs> that's what you get, Beverly Hills, for making me drop in boy my my rendition of boyfriend last week in that podcast, Daddyo. <laughs> okay, just okay. Well, we'll finish up with this first thing. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. <laughs> Mrs. Beverly Hills, number one. Um, but that was a hilarious phone call. Second, <laughs> boyfriend, your version of boyfriend, was stuck in my head all week long. And to the point where now I could do a fairly good impression of you <laughs> singing Boyfriend by Justin Bieber. Sweat, sweat, sweat on you. If I, if I was your boyfriend, I'd never let you go. I'm going to take your places you I never... Swag, swag, swag. On you. Was it swag or sweat? Swag. Swag. I sort of sweat. No, it's not sweat. That's swag. To me, well, in the in the video, I did say sweat, sweat, sweat <laughs> on you. What did Eden John do? <laughs> by the fire. <laughs> so now, we might as well get into this call right now. All right, let's do it, man. So before we let's get into 2014, we had to talk about... The end, December of 2013, <laughs> Beverly Hills. This isn't going to be long enough, so let's talk about 2013. <laughs> yes. Well, you know how I roll, Beverly Hills. I do know how you roll. You're I right. just want I want to talk about December of 2013, what brought us into December 20, or January 2014. All right, let's do it. How at, at the TLC 2013 pay-per-view, Randy Orton, the WWE champion, unified the world heavyweight title of John Cena at the TLC pay-per-view. Okay. That brought us into January of 2014. Okay, well, my first thought, I will share a thought on this. Um, I'm extremely happy that they uh, unified the titles. I think that was a long, long time coming um, and just something that was much needed, and I'm glad that they did. And I'm glad that they've gone to one, one belt. Instead of two, yeah. I was so afraid that when they were carrying on two belts that we were going to split them again. I hope they stick with one and go with that. Same here. Yeah. And I am happy that that they finally brought it together since 
it's been a few years since they actually kept the two brands separate. Yeah. So it's nice to finally bring the two titles into one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, they're... The the brand split as, um, you know, in practice was over. Why they had two titles yeah. was so unneeded. Because then you have four singles titles, way too much. So, yes. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that since Randy Orton and Johnson had a match at the Rumble. Right. Which was better than what most of their matches had been. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that's not in the one, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought their match was better than... Their Rumble match was better than previous year's matches that they've had together. Right. But I really don't want... I'm tired of that feud, so we're done with See that feud. For, for this po- we're, and we're done for this review on that podcast. Or on that match. Then, I wish WWE would be done with it, too. Yes. So, January 2014, also saw the return of Batista. Got Seeing him win the Royal Rumble that you know in 2014. Yes. What's your thoughts on Batista coming back and winning the Royal Rumble? I just watched that Royal Rumble. I'm at, I'm watching all the Royal Rumbles. Yeah, I'm proud of yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing while I'm correcting papers over Christmas <laughs> break. In the background, I'm watching Royal Rumbles. Um, and you know what? Uh... He looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, him winning was so anticlimactic. Um, it had nothing behind it. He heat. He had heat behind it. Well, but they didn't want that. <laughs> he, he didn't. Uh, he didn't come out angry. He came. He came yeah. out happy. <laughs> so uh, I think that was terrible. And uh, I don't know. They reverse course well. We'll we'll talk yeah. about that. Uh, going forward in the next few minutes, but I think they reversed course well. But uh, man, it, they did not get the reaction they yeah. wanted. That's for I'll, darn sure. I was happy to see Batista back, but I was kind of. I was happy to see him win. You know, to see him back. But I was with the fans. I not wanting to yeah. see. I wanted to see somebody else win. Right. Which and also at the Rumble, we saw the feud end up between Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. Right. I know you said you just recently watched that. That rumble and that uh-huh. you know pay per view. What were you paying attention to in that match? A little bit. What's your thoughts on that match? Because I feel like out of the whole pay per view, that match was the start of the pay per view and everything went downhill after. Yeah, no, that was a good match and that whole storyline, um, though it kind of meandered a little bit, yeah. was was pretty good overall. Um, and I mean, it helps that. Clearly, in early 2014, that Daniel Bryan was the most popular person in the co- in the company, and yeah. uh, you know everybody was behind him. Pretty much, yeah. To, to kind of add in with that, you know, with the Rumble when Rey Mysterio was number thirty, the fans booed oh Rey Mysterio out of the building. Because wanted, coming yeah, wanted it to be Daniel Bryan, and everybody. I remember when it was Batista and Roman Reigns at the end, people were cheering for Daniel Bryan, and people were even starting to cheer for Roman Reigns. Who I think was. A tweener at that time okay. would rather want to see Roman Reigns win the Rumble than Batista. Right. Uh-huh. Now, what's your thoughts on the Rumble was the last time we saw CM Punk in the WWE ring? And we'll yeah. talk more about CM Punk later in the podcast. But what's your thoughts on CM Punk performing at the Royal Rumble and walking over the company hours before the next night's Monday Night Raw? Right. What did he do at the Rumble? He was in the Rumble match. Oh, okay. He entered, I think, number one, and he was in the final. Oh, that's four. right. Yes. And right. at the end, he got eliminated by Kane and got choked on through the that's one of right. one of the t- tables. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. I I wasn't really following too much at this time. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> was, um. But in the time, it it was a shock that he left. Definitely, certainly. Yeah, because I don't. Um, we'll talk about more 
when we more in November of 2014. But it was sad as a CM Punk fan myself, and which I'll talk more about in February. But it was sad to see CM Punk go and sure. him being silent for all those months. Yeah, and and all that. But I mean, what's your thoughts on during the WWE WWE World Heavyweight Title match? Bray Wyatt cost and John Cena the match to set up their WrestleMania feud. No, no nothing. Okay. We'll talk more about that later, Beverly. <laughs> that was January 2014. <laughs> Let's get into February 2014 with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, which I guess I'll talk about, which says I was there live. <laughs> I haven't even watched that back in the WWE Network. <laughs> but it was fun because it was Batista versus... Alberto Del Rio and in my notes I have Bautista because I think that was the night with a chance of Bautista starting okay. and that was fun okay. two, and that was right around the time when Bautista started to turn yeah. back, back to heel and all that because nobody well, everybody was taking a crap on him which I alluded to and I, and I agreed with what they did where you can't keep ramming that down the throat they no. did a good job sorry pizza's coming uh oh. Um, they did a good job in reversing course a little bit, uh, listening to the fans, which doesn't always happen, but when they do, uh, like in this regard, it made the product a lot better. Yeah. Um, you know, by kind of listening that things weren't going so well, turning it on its nose a little bit and kind of turning Batista back uh, heel there. And did you even have you watched Elimination Chamber yet on the paper? Okay, on the network. A great match from the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view was the Wyatts versus the Shield. Okay. You know, being there live, I was in the upper deck, so which I'm not going to complain, 30 bucks to sit, sit punch behind the WrestleMania sign was fine. <laughs> I was able to see everything just perfectly. And that match was awesome to be there live. Cool. And it was, it, I still remember it, it, me having goosebumps when the crowd started to chant, this is awesome, before they even locked up, when all six men got in the ring together. Nice. So I feel like, if you guys haven't gone back to watch the Elimination Elimination Chamber pay-per-view yet on the WWE Network, go out and watch that match, because I feel like that match was great. Help put those six guys (coughs) over, which we'll talk more more in the podcast, but I feel like it helped build majority of those six guys. Right. Then also, an Elimination Chamber match for the world title, Bray Wyatt costs, you know, again, for another title shot to help build, build the match for WrestleMania. Right. Then, uh, I guess we we'll, we can talk about this. The WWE Network launched the night after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Sure. And I remember um, uh, Bad News Barrett coming out and giving everybody crap saying that you guys are all going to lose your jobs because you <laughs> would rather watch the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> I, both of us are still employed, so that yes, hasn't affected us yet. Indeed. What's indeed. your thoughts on the WWE Network launching, and I guess it being the end of the year, 10 months into it, what's your initial thoughts on the network, and what's your thoughts 10 months later? Oh, no, I mean, the network, I think, gets a lot of flag, but let's be honest. We would not be doing this if not for the WWE. I, I was just going to say that. If it wasn't for the network, yep. we won't be doing this podcast. No, 100%. Uh, there are different ways to watch wrestling, but it's not as easy. It's not as legal. It's not as fun uh, without the network. Um, so, that I mean, that's my biggest thought, right? Yeah. I watch... I have more fun with wrestling because I'm able to podcast about it with you because of the network. 
I watch more wrestling, period, because of the network. Um, Because I didn't like having to go to YouTube. To be honest, here's my thing. I don't like having to think about, thinking up, like, what I want to watch. Oh, what do I want to watch today? I like a lot easier just going, paging through, picking a random pay-per-view or whatever, finding that way. Um, So that's my initial thoughts. That's just overall my whole deal. Um, Currently, I mean, fair amount disappointed um, because, you know, they've done very well with just the base amount of content, all the pay-per-views, you know, that, I mean, that's like that level, right? They have all the pay-per-views, all the Clash of Champions, great. Um, They've done a really crappy job kind of uh, doing anything new. Yeah. Right? There's been, like, barely any good new content. Um, Legends House was great, but... <laughs> in your it, Yeah, it only lasts, like, eight episodes, yeah. ten episodes, and they haven't done really anything new for yep. the network. And then um, they haven't been consistent in uploading older things, yeah. uh, the TV shows. Which bothers me, which I think has been kind of put a hindrance on... What we've been reviewing for the podcast, right? I'll admit that. Yep, because Raw Raw was pretty consistently updated for a while, and, and, they and then it had for about three months. Now it's kind of a little bit more. Yeah, oh, I guess I haven't checked. In a while. Uh, yeah, and then Nitro they put up for ninety five and ninety six, and that's it. Uh then they took away all ninety five, and they put it back up. They put it back up. Okay, good. But I so I mean, yeah, yeah. Why? You know, I don't know. I feel, I feel it's it's armchair quarterbacking to be like, well, if I was in charge, I'd do this and that. And yeah, the other it's thing. hard to say. Yeah, but um, how hard would it to be? How hard would it be to put up one new Nitro and one new Raw each week? Yeah, <laughs> and have them coincide. Yeah. How is that so hard? Yeah, <laughs> like, do the night, do the Monday Night War now, and then uh, instead of recycling. 15-year-old interviews about the Monday Night War, why not record... Do, do new ones, yeah. Why not record 10 minutes of somebody who was on those two episodes talking about that week? Yeah. Makes sense. God. So I know with you, I was excited when it first initially launched that, you know, because of the WWE Network, 2014 was probably the first year in a long time, if at all, period, I watched every pay-per-view live. Sure. And, well, I guess I was at the Elimination Chamber live, so... But I watched every pay-per-view live, and then... If it wasn't for the WWE Network, I only way that I'll keep current with what's going on is through other podcasts. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. the um, 2014 is the first year that I watched a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view currently yeah. since 2001. So that's so, that something to vote. Yep, that, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, and, yeah. I th- and I think there are a lot of other wrestling fans that were in our same boat that, oh, were, yeah. that would be the same as me on that then, one. I agree with you that... You know, I understand that it takes time and money to stuff that they don't have digitally yet from their backlog catalog library. It'll take time and money to, you know, convert it, to edit it out, the commercials, to overdub the music that they don't have rights to and all that. I understand that, but why don't they put up current Raw and Nitro the same right. week from, you know, and all that, like you said, like you said, you know, then put up a week of World Clash Championship yeah. Wrestling Mid-South stuff that they have and do week by week for week watching order right. instead of, you know, like let's say, you know, for the world class that we watched, they have most of 82 then some spots in 83 they, they, they're just missing. Yeah. Well, like, that pisses me off. Right. 
Right. I completely agree. And I think they're so like, um, I don't know what the word, very like protective. Like, well, we don't want to show too much because then people watch it all and they won't watch anymore. Well, how about instead of putting 30 episodes at once and then not putting anything up for six months, put up one per week. And I mean, hold, you know, keep it there, but not... You know, just leave it, right? Yeah, then, like I said, that gives them, them time to convert the yeah, other stuff over right. to digitally edit it up and put it up there to you know, slowly put stuff on instead of spurging all, it all at once. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, you know, that's an excuse, but I think that's a lame excuse because I know that there are thousands of people who graduate in May and December with video editing degrees that have nothing to do that end up your local coffee server that would love to go edit that video. Yeah. And it would take them 10 minutes to edit an hour of, you know, world class championship wrestling and change the music over. Um, you know, it, it, they, I think they kind of lean on, they kind of use this stuff as a crutch. I think it's a lame excuse. I I don't want that. I like to start seeing as some of their tapes, Little libraries of the Coliseum home videos that, sure. they, that they had put that up on their networks. I remember I was going through my old VHS tapes a couple weekends ago. I think it was uh, two weekends ago when I did the podcast with Daddy Sunshine. Right. I have all my DVDs and VHS tapes over at his place when I moved back later, you know, back in May, and I found a tape that you and I watched years ago, Beverly Hills, WWF Super Tape Two. Okay, with the main event match being. <coughs> Uh, Brother Brudai and Hulk Hogan against Randy, Macho King Randy Savage and Zeus in a steel cage match. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, you probably don't remember <laughs> that, but I remember you and I watched that super tape. This would probably be four or five years ago now. And I love those super tapes. You know, I love, I have like Invasion 91 or 92 where they threw a bunch of random matches, interview yeah. segments with, with Ric Flair on it. And right. showcased Ric Flair since he was new to the company. You know, I would love to see stuff like that up on the network to rewatch and find watch stuff that you and I grew up on that got us yeah. into professional wrestling. So I know they're starting to put Tuesday Night Titans up and mm-hmm. Primetime Wrestling up, which right. I am excited to talk to you about it off air to maybe start reviewing right. some of that stuff just sure. to give us something different to review. Well, and just how the those Coliseum videos, how easy all you have to do is take the make the analog to digital conversion and put it up. Yeah, done. So, yeah. <laughs> There's no editing. There's nothing. Just put it on. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's just that easy. <laughs> so I guess we might as well get into that was January and February of 2014. We might as well get into March 2014. Yep. How was the build up to WrestleMania? And when the build up matches were Daniel Bryan and Triple H at WrestleMania. Do you nothing? Okay. I felt like that was interesting because how Triple H was kept on saying Daniel Bryan was a B plus player. Which makes me laugh because, if I remember correctly, while listening to my Wrestling Observer podcast, when Triple H was starting to come up in the company, I think in 95, 96, Dave Meltzer said in his newsletters that Triple H is a B-plus player at best. <laughs> so, maybe okay. just maybe Triple H was reading some Observer newsletters and was pissed off about that, was comp- comparing Daniel <clears throat> Bryan to that. Bell just scared the crap. <laughs> now you experience the bell live. So yeah, that. So yeah, I guess that's kind of my th- thoughts about that. You know, I thought that I thought they beat Daniel Bryan down way too much during the build up. You know, kind of made him out to be. You know, didn't give him anything worthwhile to fight back. At. You know, 
people might think at WrestleMania he has no chance because he had no chance during the build-up. Right. Then what's your thoughts on the build-up between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker? Don't know too much about it. Same here. So, <laughs> I guess... Going into WrestleMania, I, didn't, I I didn't follow much because I got the network for WrestleMania. In fact, so yeah, I I never thought Brock Lesnar would be the one to defeat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Right, I never thought Undertaker would lose at WrestleMania. Period. Yeah, I did not either. Actually, so, I thought he'd retire with it. I feel like there's really not much more in March since. WrestleMania was in April. Right, yeah. I guess, do you have any, any overall thoughts on what we discussed between December and March? No, sir. Okay. We'll take another quick break to put put in some spots for our sponsors. <laughs> we'll be back right after. after. Uh, ooh, sorry, I was looking at, I wasn't looking at Beverly Hills' beautiful eyes. We'll be back right after this break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I am a dirty dog, Darcy. Med events that is pretty here to tell you two ways you can uh, check us out online. That's either medeventstatus.com, that's the website, or over at soundcloud.com backslash radio. That's all one word. Again, our website is medeventstatus.com or over at soundcloud.com backslash radio. Thank you guys for listening. The Sochi Winter Olympics ended last Sunday, and the Russians are still crowing about their victory. You see, they won the most gold medals and the most medals overall, but it got me thinking... Bill, you there? How was that? I don't know. Having some sort of a patch thing here? Oh, I think it's an audio guy on the feed. Okay, that is incredibly annoying. All right, anyway... As I was saying, at Sochi, the Russians won the most medals, but the real story... Marty just uh, called me. He said he could hear me on the feed. Yeah. Hey, whoever you are, if someone says they can hear you on the feed, maybe you should stop talking. You know, something's messed up. Probably gonna, gonna, you know, I'll try and take the AES output and just run it through the 571. Let me just try that right now. Oh. Hey, Okay. All right, problem solved. Good, you had me worried there for a second. Hey! You know, we should probably have Marty check the true peak settings on the base EQ filter. Yeah, and ask him why we don't have a true bypass. What good is a multi-wave distortion pedal without a true bypass? This is unbelievable! I know, why can't we get a distortion pedal with a true bypass? <laughs> point. I mean, it's a... You know, Marty just called, he says, I'm actually still on the feed. You know, so. Hey, Conan says you're still on the feed, too. Maybe you need to run your source through the DNS 1500 first. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, for God's sakes, have any of you guys tried disconnecting the SPX 990 running the feed through a multi-channel peak programmed analyzer, taking the root mean square voltage of the output, reconnecting via the multi-channel audio digital interface to the DNA converter set up with us four decibels? Uh, you know, some guy just had an idea, so... I'm going to give that a shot. That worked. Okay, I'm very sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I was trying to say something. It's been in the news. It's about Sochi, the metal count. What happened was... You guys the tried the XLRM three-pin connector? You could... Yeah, you know, it said it had a 120-degree angle acceptance, but I wasn't able to get that. Yeah, well, if the 48-volt power converter was, you know, engaged, you try to get it... 
So that was our pre-WrestleMania talk, our <coughs> December 2013 to March 2014 talk, which went by pretty quick. That was shorter than our opening segment, Beverly Hills. I, we're having fun. So we so this brings us to April 2014 and the showcase of the immortals, yep. the granddaddy of them all, the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. The I don't the and the the baseball fans. The World, the, World the World Series of the WWE WrestleMania 30. Sorry, I'm excited. I talk about being excited. I was excited to see Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and Hulk Hogan in, in, in the center of the Silver Dome at WrestleMania 30, Beverly Hills. Oh, no, love it. Love it. The Super Dome. It was fun to see them. The Hogan, or Hogan game. His bell rang on being given crap to from The Rock and Stone Cold about calling the Super Dome, the calling, oh, the, the, calling the Georgia Dome or whatever. Where was the Silver it? Dome? I think it was the Georgia Dome. I think it was whatever the Super Dome. <laughs> yes. So that was, it was in New Orleans. Yeah. So that was fun. New Orleans, not in Georgia. What's your thoughts <laughs> on the opening match between Daniel Bryan and Triple H? It was a really good match. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I feel like that helped put <clears throat> Daniel Bryan over. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Triple H did a good did good work telling the story of he'd like to win. That would be ideal, but uh, the main goal is to beat the ever living daylights out of Daniel Bryan so that it's easy pickings for our Batista. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> They they did that well, and, and Brian did a great job, uh, you know, selling the pain, selling the beating, everything like that. I thought I thought that was very well done. And before we talk about the main event match, what's your thoughts on Lesnar becoming the one in The Undertaker's 21-1 WrestleMania streak? Um, well, I feel like now the, the thoughts on it have come back to earth, which I agree with. I guess, what's your initial thoughts, and what's your thoughts about it now? Well, a lot of people at the time were like, oh my god, it's a great match, blah, blah, blah. That match sucked. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember anybody ever saying that match was oh, great. Oh, yes. Everybody was like, oh, it's such a good match. It's not a good match. That match, I think it, the match hurt greatly because Undertaker was concussed sure. early in the match. Yeah, it wasn't that good to that point either. Yeah, fair <laughs> I think... I'm, if Undertaker's done, I'm happy that he lost. I hope he's done. Yeah, just because I know I can't remember if I talked about it on these pictures on, of him lately. It yeah, looks like I, nine thousand years. I old. don't remember if I talked about this on air or what, but I know I've talked about it with other friends before that the WrestleMania three match wasn't as good with Lesnar wasn't as good as the WrestleMania twenty nine match with CM Punk. Yeah, I feel like the WrestleMania twenty nine match with CM Punk wasn't as great as the WrestleMania twenty eight match with Triple H. Okay, you no, know, you can complain about. You know, certain matches didn't have stipulations and all that, but whatever. They can work within what they have. And I don't. I feel like out of the last three Undertaker WrestleMania matches, you can start to see that Undertaker's body was, wasn't holding up like right. it used to. And I feel like, you know, I heard, you know, interviews with people who know the Undertaker, you know, pretty well. And Undertaker's an old school guy. He wants to give back to the company. He wants yeah. to give back to the profession that gave him his livelihood. And Undertaker wanted to, you know, do the job on his way out. Sure. So if this is Undertaker's last match, 
I'm happy that he, he lost to somebody with the credentials that Brock Lesnar has. Right. Because nothing against CM Punk, nothing against Triple H. But I feel like in, if this was in a UFC match or in the UFC octagon or an MMA match, Brock Lesnar would have been the one to who could actually take out The Undertaker compared to Triple H or CM Punk, in my opinion. I can't say I'm super happy that uh, Lesnar was the guy to beat him. Well, I, I wasn't either, but I guess who else they had... I don't. Nobody else would have. Been, I wouldn't have believed anybody else to beat the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I get the believability factor. I I'm with you on that one. So that's, that's why I feel like Brock was the best choice, especially with how, I, like you mentioned before, they dropped Brock Lesnar since he won the WWE World Title. I thought like, you know they did a crappy job, but yeah. I think now looking back at it, I'm okay with Brock Lesnar being the one who defeat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I get the believability thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like we'll come back to this later, but like just Brock Lesnar being a, a part-time performer in general, him being the one who uh, takes out the streak, which is such a big thing, um, is slightly disappointing. I feel like. It could have been such a, you know, poo skyrocket to the moon for someone. And, you know, Lesnar's already there. He's already uh, at the top. And I don't know. I don't, and the story of Brock Lesnar, what they've done with Brock Lesnar is really disappointing too, right? Between all yeah. the matches that he's had, he's faced three people. Yeah, John Cena, <laughs> the, or John Cena, Triple H, and The Undertaker. Yep, exactly. And only one was with The Undertaker, so he's yeah. he's split like his, whatever, 11 matches with Cena and Triple H. Which Yay, said, yeah. awesome. <laughs> he's really done a good job making new stars, right? Yeah, oh, I know, right? right? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be too salty, but... Yeah, well, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure we'll talk about Lesnar more in the podcast. Right. In a main event match, put Daniel Bryan be the one of few guys to say he defeated Evolution in the, at, at WrestleMania. Right. Him defeating champion Randy Orton and Batista to win the WWE World Heavyweight title. What's your, I thought that match was just as good, if not better, than the Triple H match that he had earlier in the night. Yeah. And I just felt, and I feel like at the end, you know... At, at the end, I think WrestleMania 30 was WrestleMania Daniel Bryan. Oh, it was, and it was a really good WrestleMania from beginning to end. Um, yeah, I liked the main event. Uh, everyone was so happy. And I think that's what WrestleMania is supposed to be, is like really culminating the year's storylines. And um, loved it. One piece, I hate to add to the outline. Well, that's fine. Uh, you know... <clears throat> this is your podcast, too, by the way. <laughs> the uh, push, and then the push off a cliff... Of Cesaro, yes, winning the Andre the Giant, winning battle the Royal. Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and poof, he's he's yeah, turned heel or turned was well, started turned turn face and next night turned heel again. God, or they should have come whatever. into that face. They, they they should have, but they stupidly didn't. Oh my God! And here we are. He's yes. worse than he's, where he started. He's nothing really. No. Yep. So I I just wanted to put that out there. I thought that was an awful, 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 um, awful falafel. Yeah, it, it was an awful waffle falafel move on yes. their part. And I guess the only other thing that I feel like is worthwhile in April of 2014 was a storyline between the Shield and Evolution. Mm-hmm. I felt like you know their feud and their matches felt like helped bring up the Shield, especially with where they're at. 
end of 2014. Sure. I guess, what's your thoughts on on S.H.I.E.L.D.? I guess, have you watched Extreme Rules yet? Yeah. Okay. I feel like their match at Extreme Rules was probably the highlight of Extreme Rules this past year. Okay. Because Dan O'Brien versus Kane was crap. Okay. I'm trying to... Oh, it was very... Uh... Such an awkward, like, okay, yeah, we, the big Daniel Bryan, he finally won the title. His first challenger is going to be Kane. In a, really? ma- in a mask. Back yeah. in a mask. When, in WrestleMania 30, he was without a mask. Woof. And, and without hair. Woof. So, I feel like the Shield versus Evolution was a great feud. We'll talk about that more in June. But then we must well get into May of 2014, and Daniel Bryan goes down to, goes down to injury. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, he had a great rise, a great moment at WrestleMania, then took a crap. Yeah. With Kane, because our storyline wasn't great with adding in, Brie, you know, Brie Bella, Daniel Bryan's real-life wife, and Kane. So that sucked. Right. And that's May of 2014. We also talked about June of 2014, Beverly Hills. Let's do it. And my first note for June 2014 is what? Blue Tista. Oh, God. Hey, you know, I was like, I was thinking about things that I could cut from the salt line. It was Blue Tista. Yeah, that was the first thing I saw. Okay, that's fine because <laughs> I just thought it was funny that Blue, you know, Batista was wearing all blue at Payback in June, and everybody was tweeting about that, and Batista supposedly got pissed off about that. That just made me laugh. Oh, okay. Then, uh, then I'll say at Payback Shield went went two for two for their feud with Evolution. And all that, and I feel like that was a great way to build up the Shield. Was you know, have a traditional six-man match at Extreme Rules. Shield won, won. and the main event of Payback in a what was it elimination no holds barred match, and the Shield clean, clean sweeped up. You know, the last two minutes of yeah. the pay per view. That's when they defeated all three members of of Evolution. Right. I felt like that was a great way to build up the Shield, especially the next night on Raw. Well, Batista walked out of Evolution quick because you know he had a movie coming out, and then the shield broke up. Right. What's your thoughts on Batista walking out and the shield breaking up, and, um, where, and where the shield is now as single stars? So I mean, overall, when we talk about like, the 2014 Batista run, I think we'll think of it as disappointing um, because I think they want him to come in and out and have like. Uh, you know, main event, whatever, champion run. Um, that didn't obviously happen. But I do think he served a purpose, and I think he really helped get the shield over, and I think he played his heel character well. Um, thoughts on the shield uh, as single stars? I think Rollins has done great with what he's been given. I think he's come across great as a heel. Um, Ambrose, though, sometimes very cheesy, very weird, I think has done very well, um, saving the worst for last. I think it's really disappointing that, um, the company seems to think that Roman Reigns is the best. And, yeah, out of the three, I feel like Roman Reigns is the worst. Yeah, I agree. No, you know, nothing against Roman Reigns, but I feel like breaking out Seth Rollins, I guess blew my mind on yeah. what he could do because uh-huh. I never watched him, never watched him and Dean Ambrose on the indie scene. So see them break apart and see where they went blew my mind. Right. Especially you know Seth Rollins, I I started to enjoy towards the last like six months of the Shield. Dean Ambrose, I felt like I had no personality in the Shield. Uh-huh. Now he you now they broke apart. 
Dean Ambrose has to be probably one of my favorite wrestlers in 2014. Yeah, right, and I, I pro, I obviously watch more indie wrestling than yeah. you. I don't claim that I'm any indie wrestling my giant genius or anything. Well, but you like, have more experience of right. it than I do. Well, I knew Seth Rollins a lot more because I watched the HDNet ROH show when he was Tyler Black, and I knew that he had a heel run in him because I thought his heel work in Ring of Honor was uh, very well done. Um, and I didn't see a lot of Dean Ambrose as uh, John Moxley. Did see one match when NWA Wildside was on Channel Forty Five, which is like kind of the offshoot comes across fuzzy on my parents' TV <laughs> station. Um, and he was in a tag team called Necessary Roughness, and their, <laughs> and their gimmick was football players. That's funny. Um, and he wore like football pants. That's funny. Why do I remember this? I don't know. This is like ten years ago, um, but I and I saw some of Roman Reigns before he became part of the Shield. Um, they were marketing him as God. Well, I don't know how you would describe his character. Kind of like, um, well, like The Rock or like uh, any other kind of like arrogant heel. And he was the thoroughbred Roman Reigns, um, and he had a picture of a horse on his butt. That's funny. Um, well, not funny, was, but that's awkward. It was awful. It was, it was terrible. He was the worst promo. He wasn't good in the ring. He's gotten a lot better. It was really bad his then. His promos aren't that great because like, they're scripted on my boy. Yeah, yeah. His promos are not good. Um, and, you know, if, if, you know, looking at those three before, um, you know, I'd say Seth Rollins would be the best. Um, and I think now, still, I would say that. And kind of talk, bringing with with uh, Batista, yeah, his run, this run, twenty fourteen, wasn't that great. But I feel like we got a great match out of him at WrestleMania in the right. three way for the title. Yep. And we, I feel like we got two great six man tag matches out of him with you know as part of Evolution at Extreme Rules, which I feel like was the best match out of out of that night. Sure. And at Payback. Sure. So you know <coughs> Batista's. Run may look, you know, may have failed, but three matches the night. Yeah, so that's pretty darn good. Yeah, so not a lot of people can say that, <laughs> especially with Batista not being that great in the ring. That's saying something that he had three three great three consecutive pay per views of the best best match of the night. So and also in June we saw the Daniel Bryan being stripped of the title, yeah, world title because of injury that we still don't know now when he'd be able to come back, which is sad. Yeah, I, I, so disappointing. Especially with the highest of highs that he had at WrestleMania, and two months later, you know, being married, his father dying, and this injury, he's down for the count. Yeah, and you know, and we just like, oh man, he was so over those first few months of 2014. It's just so disappointing. Just yeah. so disappointing. And I know we've talked about this on multiple podcasts, and I was thinking about this when I was kind of doing touch-up jobs on this outline last night was in 2014 we saw periods when the world title wasn't defended. I mentioned before comparing Brock Lesnar as world champ to Hulk Hogan as WCW champ. Okay. How, you know, payback, we didn't have the title defended yep. because of injury. Then yep. I can't remember if there's any other pay-per-views in there. I thought there's one or, one or other one other pay-per-view that wasn't title wasn't defended because they were hoping that he would be able to Pull out quicker than yeah, quicker than what he did. Right. Then you know, then Austin Dry, the Money in the Bank. You know, there was the title up on the line. Then since Brock won the title and defended that night at Champions, the title hasn't been defended. Yep. So I feel like about roughly half the year, the world title wasn't defended. 
Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you know, with Daniel Bryan being injured and as champion, as Brock as champion, not really being around, do you feel like those two instances hurt the world title, in your opinion? Well, I think they've hurt the company. Okay. Uh, the The title is the title, but I think not having the title as the centerpiece and building it around a person instead is always going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are instances over history where uh, you know, you know where maybe the title holder isn't the most popular person, or maybe isn't what the company's built around. But I think the title's got to be there, yeah. and uh, more so with the Brock portion of the year than with the the Brian because they part. can control Brock part. Well, no, no, because what I'm what I'm saying is that when Brian was hurt or whatever, the title, even though nobody held it, was still kind of number one. People well, were working toward it. They brought they brought him to the pay-per-views and was yeah. still making part of a storyline, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. With Lesnar, him and the title are Gone. somewhere, not here. Lost in space. Yes, lost in space. <laughs> but, danger, danger, Vince McMahon. Yes. Well, I guess, um, you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess so we, that's my... And I, in June at Payback, we also wrapped up the Cena versus Wyatt feud. Yes. And they're, you know, at WrestleMania, their match I thought was pretty good, which I was surprised out of John Cena. Their Extreme Rules match in the cage sucked. And I was surprised out of the match they pulled out, out of the last man in the match at Payback. I felt like, I felt like besides the six-man tag match I mentioned, was probably the best match of the night. That's saying something as me not really being a fan of John Cena's work. Yeah. Because we talked about it last week with Captain Obvious. Depending on who John Cena's in the ring with, the match could be crappy or yeah. it could be great. Yes, exactly. And, and I felt like the last man of setting match with Bray Wyatt at Payback was blew my expectations of what what a John Cena match would be and sure. especially build, help build up a new star. Sure. Now I guess I have to say it because I'm a big... Y2J fan, June of 2014 also saw the return for a few months of Chris Jericho. I had to mention that. Go but for it. You can talk well, as much as you want. Well, that's me mentioning that Chris yeah. Jericho came back. Yay! Then in 20, July of 2014, we saw John... 70-year-old Chris Jericho's back. Yeah, in, in uh, July of 2014, uh, John Cena won the Money in the Make match to win the WWE World title for the 15th time. Oh, Bad choice. Who else? Would, who else would you give the title I to? I don't know. I, I don't know. But here's the thing. John Cena has been playing the exact same character for ever. How long? Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. It's time. Time for a change. The exact same thing. Ten years. He hasn't added any nuance over that entire decade. I know. I agree with you. That's why I don't like John Cena that much. <laughs> he's he's good at what he does. He's a good performer. He's yeah. a fairly good wrestler. It is the same, Character. same, same old, same old. And we're tired of it. Yeah. Here on Main Event Status Radio. Yeah. <laughs> and we're the trendsetters, right? Yes. We're the tastemakers in, <laughs> in society. But, man, it's just... <laughs> it's surprising that you tell me that he's... Won the title 15 times, but it's not. You know, it's just they go back to him whenever they need. He's a he's an old reliable. Yeah. He, like Captain said last week, you know, he's a wrestler. He's not trying to 
to catapult into being an actor, being a star or whatever, which is one of the reasons why they'll go back to him whenever they need to. Okay, uh, yeah, Cena can be champion again. When he works hard, he goes to the Make-A-Wish stuff. He's a great guy. Awesome. But, man, he needs a change. Needs a change. Then Seth Rollins won the Money in the Bank briefcase. What's your thoughts on Seth Rollins being Mr. Money in the Bank? I think it's gone really well. I'd like to see him cash in at some point. Is all I'm against all I Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Maybe. Or, or against whoever defeats Brock Lesnar? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, yeah, because Johnson winning the title for the 15th time, I wasn't happy about it. But I was happy about what happened at, in August, which we'll get to after this break. <laughs> but I wasn't too happy about Johnson winning the world title again, like what you said. And I'm happy they gave Seth Rollins a money in the bank briefcase because I felt that only helped him as a career and helped him break away from the Shield, which they only done a month before. Sure. So I was happy about that. And I'm happy about our sponsors that we will hear at this break, Beverly Hills. Got it. Do it. You are Mr. Beverly Hills. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Vinny Event Status Radio. We'll catch you guys after this break. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. After a hard night's work of back-breaking labor, the first thing I grab out of the fridge is an ice-cold can of Mellow Yellow. This 12-ounce can of love cools me right off and mellows me down after a long night of stacking boxes perfectly. You want to cool off for a hard day's work or be mellow like me, a Dirty Dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio? Grab a can of Mellow Yellow, crack it open, and stay classy. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. He's dog, the immaculate shine of DDP. The czar of madness. Oh, yeah! A shower of elbows rain from the heavens, removing the luster from the Diamond Boy's career. It'll be a clear victory as Randy Macho Man Savage polishes off the Diamond Dust. It would be an honor! Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! Proceeding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. We're here to show you the ropes at Pizza Ant. When it comes to the original Thin Crust Pizza, nothing can beat it except cheesy pan pizza. Come on, you guys, call it a draw. With the all-you-can-eat buffet, you can always go back for more. All the pizza, salad, and muffins you can handle, made with the freshest ingredients for a super low price. I just got a new Pizza Ant phone for $14.95. Well, I want one of those, too. Give me that. Hello? Good for you, Captain. Hello. <laughs> Hola, mis amigos. Bienvenidos a Min Event Status Radio. Me amo uh, Señor Beverly Hills. Uh, conmigo, uh, Dirty Pero Darcy. <laughs> That's my extent of two years in high school Spanish. Uh, sorry, sorry to native speakers. Um, I am. I deeply apologize. I did mention we were doing when we were doing in Dallas. I did get us on on Mexican radio, Daddy O. <laughs> yeah. So that is our portion of being on the Mexican yeah, radio. Right. I, I apologize. That was we we talked. We just got done talking last time in April 2014 to July 2014, and that was. The first half of the year, Beverly Hills. Indeed. A little more. Yep. So far, first half of 2014, how do you feel like it was looking? Uh, I think we're still looking good. 
I, th- I, was, I was still optimistic about uh, 2014 at that point. So I feel like... Uh, there, there, was, there were some dark spots uh, with Daniel Bryan, of course, but I think we were still going up. So I feel like after SummerSlam, professional wrestling takes a crap, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. So we've also talked about August 2014, SummerSlam. Sure. It being the... Well, I guess what I did put in the notes, Brie Bella versus, versus Stephanie McMahon. I thought like Stephanie McMahon looked hot. Oh God! Blech. Okay, we, okay. That enough of enough about that. Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose feud was <coughs> heating up. You know, I feel like that that feud was great. Their match at SummerSlam wasn't as great, or that we will see later on in the year. But it was what it was. But SummerSlam 2014 will be the, the night where we saw Brock Lesnar hit 16 German suplexes on John Cena and win the WWE World Heavyweight title once again. Wow. What's your thoughts on Brock Lesnar you know, being this is like his third match in 2014, first at the Rumble with defeating Brock or defeating uh, the Big Show, defeating uh, the Undertaker WrestleMania, and now for his third match of the year, defeating John Cena for the World Heavyweight title. What's your thoughts, Beverly? Well, I mean, uh, I was optimistic at the time. Because I was thinking, well, if he sticks around, I'm fine with that. Now, he was not. <laughs> he was not meant to stick around, and uh, and he didn't, which is disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like that he beat Cena. <laughs> I, 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 well, for me, I love that he beat Cena. You know, he would defend, you know, they would have a rematch at Night of Champions the next month, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But I feel like... Just, you know, that be his only title defense of 2014. I felt like that was a joke. Yeah. It was a slap to the face of sure. uh, fans because I can understand, you know, Brock being limited dates, but do you really need him facing uh, the big shot at the Rumble? Yeah, yeah. And if you guys were thinking of putting the title on him, why not give him more dates, give him more money, you know, and have him even have a match at Survivor Series to have Alice have him defend the title every other month? Yeah. To, you know, then, you know, for the off months to build up. The next challenger for the when he when he's back, yeah. Instead of what they have, yeah. But no, I was happy to see Brock as champion to give somebody different as with the world title, you yeah. know that because it's you know like we said it's old, you know nothing against Cena, but his character's old and Cena as the guy they keep putting the title up against because they 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 refuse to build new stars. It was nice to see somebody else as world heavyweight champion, right? But in the same in the same vein. It's frustrating that when they finally pick someone new to give the title to, it's someone old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because, it, you know, when I was talking about NXT right earlier, way earlier, um, there seems to be this threshold, right, where it's guys that are good enough to do this, but not good enough to be champion. And yeah. it seems like there's only three or four guys that are willing to actually. Uh, go to that level with, and uh, I don't know. That's like I said, pretty disappointing. So we also get into September 2014, where Cody Rhodes has a character change. Yeah, where him and Goldust team up as, in my eyes, the Dusty Boys, as Gold and Stardust, and they win take. Oh, I hate gold. that they call them Gold and Stardust. Yeah, because their last name isn't Dust; it's Gold Dust and Stardust. Yes. It's not Gold and Stardust. What, Stop it. What's your thoughts on? On the character of Stardust. It's out there. It's cool, though. It's something different, which it's I appreciate. It's something different. 
I'm fine with that. I like they turned heel. Yes, I'm. <laughs> they I feel, need to do that. Yeah, I feel like this gives Cody Rhodes something different to do for a while and gives his gives a wrinkle to his career, sure. which I appreciate. Sure. I mean, I was disappointed way back a while ago when he went from you know seemingly being very close to a main event push to then teaming with Goldust. But he certainly made the most of it, and I like the tag team in general. Yeah, because I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan. I am hoping that one day, you know, he'll be in the main event pitcher and all that. You know, I'm happy to see a different, like I said, a different wrinkle in what he could do as a Mm -hmm. character as in Stardust. Right. I feel like this adds adds a little bit of more time onto his career career as it has for Goldust. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I, I think Goldust in the last... Two years, three years since he came back is yeah have been great best in fifteen years yeah. twenty years which he's, surprisingly I, I I think he's got done so well yeah. I love love it Hey did you see the other day that uh, Gold and Stardust were on because Raw was in Minneapolis yeah. on Monday Did you see that they were on a morning news show No but I no see but a picture of it No. Tell Gold, me about it. Goldust was dressed like you or I. Yeah. Stardust was in full Stardust. That's funny. <laughs> so I, know, I, know, I do listen to a paranormal podcast called Darkness Radio that's actually on air. Right. And right. I was listening to, on, I had to work Christmas Eve, so I listened to their show on Tuesday night, and one of the co-hosts has his own wrestling podcast. Okay. And he interviewed Gold and Stardust, or the Dusty Boys, on his podcast, and and all that, and he was, t- you know, just talking about that, and it made me laugh that I guess they were talking about, got on the topic of paranormal stuff with, oh, yeah. with Stardust, with Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes was talking about that stuff, which just touches my heart because something besides, you know, we talked about. You, you know, break my heart. I love paranormal stuff. I love, you know, wrestling, you as you talked about on this podcast, and you mentioned, you know, I, I, that I'm, you know, I'm a believer in faith. Yes. You know, that I don't want to beat. Holy man. I don't want to beat that into the podcast, but yeah, those are the three things I like. And just hearing professional wrestling and paranormal stuff being tied together touches my heart. <laughs> so, my but I guess then also in September 2014, Roman Reigns went down t- to injury. What's your thoughts on Roman Reigns? Yeah, you like liked it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm. I don't wish injury upon anyone. I think that that's very sad, and I don't want to do that. But. Uh, him being off my screen wasn't bad. I gave really the sh- chance for Dean Ambrose to, to step up, which, to really step up. And man, well. I was happy with that. Then, especially with that, you know, with TLC, that Roman Reigns came back. It gave the fans loved seeing him back, mm-hmm. which, which I excuse me, which I think fuck it helped his character out a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Then also September, four, you know, September twenty fourteen, we talked about. You know, the rematch between Cena and Lesnar, which which crap, which crap. Then we also saw the feud between Chris Jericho and Bray Wyatt. Yep. I don't think their matches were that great, but I haven't seen them yet. Okay, I'm I'm happy to see Jericho back, and I just tried to help build up Bray Wyatt after I felt like John Cena kind of took a crap on Bray Wyatt. Right. So that's one good thing about I like about Jericho. He's willing to come back and work with the younger talent to help build them up. Yeah, but here's here's the flip side of that though. I feel like he uh, loses cachet each time he comes back because he is so willing to put over that younger talent that he comes back, and and I feel like he 
means less and less oh, each time. So you know, oh, it's a lot of diminishing returns. Like he he comes back, has a feud, ends up losing the feud, comes back, and it you know just goes down the hill. Oh, so you feel like it that's hurting him a lot in your eyes. Well, it's not hurting him a lot, but it just means less and less. Fair enough. Fair enough. Then I'll. And when you know, at some point, they're gonna be like. And he's going to feud with Chris Jericho. And people are going to be like, oh, Well, I guess look, at, look at Fandango at 2014. Yeah. Uh, at WrestleMania in 2019. I think this, you know, I think this year. Yeah, the, well, it was Bray Wyatt, yeah. yeah. I guess. Then we might as well get into October 2014. We already talked about the rise of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns as single stars, which felt like breaking from the Shield to help them out a lot. Yeah. Then I guess, what's your thoughts on, though, or have you seen the Hell in a Cell match between Rollins and Ambrose? No, I feel like that was probably one of the better Hell in a Cell matches that's happened last few years, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Especially with the bump that they took off the, off the cell. Sure. Now we talked about the, about that a couple months ago. You guys can go back and listen to our podcast at the start. Can't remember which one, but we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Now so you kind of talked a little bit about overall thoughts on Y two J and coming back in his feud. So I guess how do you? What would you like to see in Chris Jericho when he comes back? Instead of him Chris always... Jericho? Yeah, as him always losing to the new talent. Oh, God, I don't know. And not come back, I think. Sorry. Well, that's fine. That's your opinion. I, I, I think... I don't know. Do you, I, do I, to be honest, I think he should retire. Do you feel like he... Do you come back like, under a mask as a new character. How about that? Juan Cena. No, as... Yeah, Kristoff Jerichovsky. No, I <laughs> I don't know. I, to be honest, actually, I, don't, I wouldn't be against that. Because, actually, remember when he came back with the light-up jacket? Yes. Okay. And it seemed like it was going to be something new. Yeah. Right? This, that was cool. This last time, I would say in 2014, Ron... Really wasn't something new, which I'll give you give you that. Yeah, I I would certainly be fine if he came back with something brand new, different. Um, I don't want him coming back with the same. Uh, I'd I, be fine with him coming back if it's something new. So I know we talked about that, talked about it in the intro and how we met, but yeah, when Jericho came back in end of two thousand or twenty two thousand seven, he came back, you know, with you know using the move the code breaker. Sure. Which was new. Yep. Then, you know, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. came back, you know, left again, came back, you know, or, you know, during that run, he, he became the, the suit wearer in Jericho. Right. Then, you know, the time after, you know, the light-up jacket, now this, same thing as a return before. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, uh, you know, Jericho has said before, he doesn't know when he's done, done until he's done. Yeah, and sure. So we, we don't know when, when it will be, what will be his retirement match. But I do agree with you that if he's only going to keep coming back to put over new talent and we expect him to lose, what's the point of coming back? Yeah, yep, you know, that's that's my story. And for me, I'm happy that he's doing, he's doing other adventures as in podcasting, as in Fozzie, you know, TV shows. I, I can still get my Jericho fix when I want, when I, I had that Jericho fix uh, desire and all that. Sure. So I guess I agree with you on that. You know, this last run he had wasn't that great. Yeah. But something that is great is our next commercial break, Beverly Hills. You are Mr. Beverly Hills. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Main Event Status Radio, Beverly. You got it. We'll be right back right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Here once again, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy representing Main Event Status Radio. Please go on iTunes and subscribe to us and rate and review us so we can beat the Ross Report. 
We would greatly appreciate that. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Like us there, interact with us. Also, another way to interact with us on social media is Twitter. For Mr. Beverly Hills, it's at Beverly Hills MES. And for me, the Dirty Dog, it's at Dirty Dog MES. And to spell dog, it's D-A-W-G. So, facebook.com backslash radio. That's all one word, or on Twitter at Beverly Hills MES or at Dirty Dog MES. And subscribe to us on iTunes and like us and review us. Thank you guys for listening. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. In three, two, one. Scott Hall, the NWO, and this is Buff Bagwell to pitch our new shirt. Just when you thought, Scotty, we couldn't do any more. Boom! You're wrong. We're not afraid to come at you with a new shirt. Get your NWO rules and loans t-shirt for only 20 bucks. Just call 1-800-NWO-0242. These are hot. Rules and bones are made to be broken. Chuck just rolls off the tongue. It does. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. And we're back uh, here on Mid Event Status Radio. He is Mr. Beverly Hills live in studio. Yay! And I'm the Dirty Dog Darcy. I'm so excited. And we're going to finish off the last two months of the year, Beverly. Let's do it, man. What's your thoughts on November being the free month of the WWE Network as a paying subscriber? Yeah, I wasn't super pleased with it at the time uh, because I had been paying. But I, I get it. Yeah. I get I get that you need to run that. I mean, we can't we can't be like, man. Well, I pay for it. Well, they got to get new subscribers some way, and that's yeah. a fine way to do it. I'm I'm certainly okay. With I that. wish I would have. They would have picked a different pay per view since Survivor Series was one of the big four, but last several years Survivor Series hasn't meant as much. Sure. And especially with what happened at Survivor Series, which I guess we might as well talk about. Stay made his debut. WWE debut. Okay. So I guess it made sense that towards the yeah. end of the free month to give something big like that out to say, hey, subscribe. You know, if you haven't paid to subscribe yet, come pay for for us. You'll be able to see Steam more often. Sure. Yep. Which I, we haven't seen Steam back yet, but yeah, I like that thought. Uh huh. Yep. Well, I agree with you that you know it bothered me that they kept on they gave November away for free and a bunch bunch of one weeks, but like you said, you know they need to try to get. Subscribers into uh-huh, it. Yep. And what do you feel like WWE has to do in 2015 to make the WWE network better? Oh uh, well, you know we talked about the the network earlier. Um, all those things. I just think they need to continue putting more content out. Um, hopefully, develop new content uh, that's worthwhile and not recycled stuff. That's the big stuff. Yeah, I agree with you on that. They you know if they would. Like like you mentioned, you know, put Raw and Nitro up the same week, you know, same day up, or put old Mid South stuff up, or World Class up, or more ECW. Yeah, you know. actually put more stuff up. I would love that. You know, that could bring in more fans, more actual lats fans. Right. Yep. And I guess you know you kind of we kind of talked about Lesnar not defending the title all the time, and I feel like it hurt his run and hurt the title that he hasn't defended the title between Night of Champions in September, you know, in in a, in a January with the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and all that, yeah, we talked about that. Then yeah, we kind of touched a little bit about Survivor Series, you know, a couple a couple weeks ago with the What a Maneuver guys with Joe mm-hmm. Drillin and Eric Allen, right? And uh, and Sting making his debut, which I felt like was the biggest thing on that pay per view. Oh yeah, for sure. And we kind of talked a little bit about it too, but what you know, with it being, I guess, 
month out now. What's your thoughts on what CM Punk said on the Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabano? With it being, I guess, a month out now. And we had enough time to digest with what Punk said. Yeah, I mean, I don't think my thoughts have, have really super changed um, at this point. But, you know, still uh, still kind of crazy at the time. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, like I said, my, my feelings... Really haven't haven't yeah. changed much. Do you but. feel like what he said hurt the WWE anyway? I don't know because you know what I don't think I don't think it did uh, because I don't think for the most part that many people hear it. You Fair know, enough. no no offense, Cole Cabana. Yeah, well, <laughs> but more people it, more people listen to his podcast than ours. Certainly, certainly, and I wouldn't say like we change. You know, we don't change anything either. We don't really move the dial. It's just fun yeah. for us. Um, but. Yeah, I think the people who hear it are the hardcore wrestling fans. You yeah. know, um, you know, your mom isn't listening to the art of wrestling, right? Yeah, she's Sorry. she's she's barely listening to our podcast. Yes, exactly. So. You know, Mrs. Beverly Hills isn't like, did you hear what CM Punk said about <laughs> Vince McMahon? What a rotten guy! Yeah, you, she does. You know, Heck, so I know I mentioned sexy Pat. I mentioned flying Brown on the podcast. Yep, uh-huh. They're not even listening to Colt Cabana, right? Exactly. No, Pat barely even Pat doesn't even listen to podcast. Pat gets his news from me, and Flying Brian does listen to our podcast. Hi, Flying Brian. It's nice, <laughs> nice to give you a shout out. And it's also, you know, you know, they aren't going to listen to Colt Commando's podcast. You know, Brian's listening to us because he wants to hear us talk about wrestling. Yeah, yep. And, and you know, wrestling isn't his main interest. So, yeah, I'm not going to get those two guys, whoever, other friends of mine at work, they're not going to say, hey, these least hear what CM Punk said. Yeah, exactly. So, and on all that, you know, I guess I. I don't think I have it later on in my, my version of the old one, but CM Punk was on uh, Off the Record okay, yeah. uh, recently. Well, yeah, and he got in kind of a yeah. terrible fight with that And guy, I feel yes. like I, Michael Landsberg, I think the host okay. is. I feel like, you know, I watched an interview a couple nights ago, and I after watching it, I think CM Punk's uh, standing went down a couple notches for me. Sure, okay, because sure. Because CM Punk was pretty much crapping on all the interview. when the Host Mike Landsberg was trying to joke around with Punk, trying to loosen him up, and all that. Punk just took a shit on him. Okay, and, you know it didn't really give him nothing. Nothing, you know. You know, okay. I'm just here to talk about my MMA career. Well, you really don't have it. Have it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 So just know. how CM Punk, you know, covers him or puts his his public image puts on his public image kind of hurt. I. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think like one of the things with. Take a swig for the working man, for the podcasting man. Yeah, I think um, well, Punk is, he seems like a real like glass house type of, type of guy. You know the yeah. you know the saying, don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. Um, I think he is one that he's he's really willing to give it, but if you, not as much willing to take it. Yeah, I, I <laughs> it sure I, seems that way. Because Chris Jericho had Ryback on his podcast, Talking Jericho, within the last couple of weeks, and Jericho talked to, talked to Ryback about what Punk said. Yeah. And Ryback, you know, mentioned, you know, how, or I guess in the Colt Cabana podcast, Punk said that he felt like Ryback personally hurt, injured him, yeah. and Punk confronted him about it. Well, Jericho asked him about that, and Ryback's like, anytime I hurt Punk on an accident, I talked to Punk, I apologized, and he was completely fine with it, and the 
one instance that he mentioned on Colt Cabana's podcast never happened. Yeah. And Ryback seemed pretty sincere about about his response. And I feel like, you know, I, I, you know, I read this article on chemicalclutchblog.com with previous guest Eric Arjulo and Eric, you know, and I are on the same page on, we think that CM Punk may have had too many concussions that this is in fact starting to affect his memory. I don't know about that. Well, I say <laughs> some things he can't remember as well as he thinks he does. <laughs> I think it's maybe just his memory is what he wants to remember. Yeah, well, that too. I guess that's with anybody too. So, because Ryback seemed pretty sincere in the Takajerko appearance about you know that that never happening, and Ryback just blew off what Punk said. He's like, well. I like punk. Punk has to do what he needs to do and, and all that. Just right. brushed off. So we might as well talk about December 2014, which I feel like really nothing has, <laughs> nothing's happened. Okay. You know, we talked about TLC a couple weeks back. You know, actually last week with Captain Obvious. Yep. I don't think we really need much more to say about that. I agree. Um, Rob was in Minneapolis this past week. Yep. With Ho Ho Hogan. Yeah. Did, awesome. I, did you watch? No. Oh, okay. But I you know, I mentioned about a month ago that I went to a Fozzie concert and met a guy, you know, the cool guy named Adam. Him and I are, you know, friends on Facebook. You know, we follow each other on Twitter. We were talking back and forth, and he was pretty excited to uh, see Hogan and Roddy Piper in person. Yeah. I told him I was extremely jealous because I never saw them in, you know, Two in person. Two of my friends saw it, and I, was, I wrote, yeah, I was jealous. I'm so, jolly. but I guess, you know, that's December 2014, and... <laughs> You know, before we take this next break to do our, our main event, right? yeah, yeah, last break to do, talk about our main event, set of star of the year, and all that. I guess, what's your overall thoughts on 2014, Beverly? It was a great year for me. Yeah, so you got married. <laughs> no, ship. You got you got Shh. married. Stop it! I'm I'm talking about that later. We started this podcast. Yeah, it was. Oh, you know, really, 2014 has been an awesome year for me. And uh, maybe not so much for WWE. Oh, <laughs> that was out of nowhere. That, that was that was for your 2014. Memory. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun year. I I enjoyed 2014, and uh, I probably watched more wrestling in 2014 than I have in 15 years. So yeah, like, for me, I watched more wrestling 2014 than I have years past yeah. since I don't have cable. Pro wrestling, you know, isn't the same to me like it was. Like we talked about before, in, earlier in the podcast, that with no competition, what's really the point of watching when WWE can do what they want to do? Yeah, and you know, they, they you know, whatever post they put out of professional wrestling is what it is, and it's not that great. Yeah. So I guess that's our our 2014 year interview Beverly Hills you got it man we'll take this last break and we'll be back with our main event set of star our jobber and I renamed the Pearl Harbor segment Beverly Hills what's it called uh, I'll explain it <laughs> after this break we'll be right back everybody here awesome. on here on main event status oh darn dumb we'll be right back here on main event status radio promotional consideration paid for by the following this is the Dirty Dog Darcy on Main Event Status Radio. And I am here to tell you, listeners of Main Event Status Radio, that you guys should be off the grid like Jesse the Body Ventura. That way, the NSA can't track you guys, can't trace your calls, and cannot figure out why you guys are listening to the greatest podcast of all, Main Event Status Radio, here on Main Event Status dot com Time! 
Tom's Diamond's Truck Center, Bradenton, Florida, all over the world, people are talking about one thing. Tom's Diamond's Trucks, 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 all over the world. Dusty, you hear it, you wrestle all over the world. You know, a lot of people say, when you do them commercial with Tom Stimers, his trucks, number one in Bradenton, Florida, is anybody watching? There must be 15,000 people behind them cameras right here today watching this program. Because Tom Stimers is number one in trucks, is number one in cars, is number one with Dusty Rhodes. And we're back for the thrilling conclusion of the 2014 year in review episode of Main Event Status Radio. I am Mr. Beverly Hills. <laughs> that, I is, that is the dirty dog, Darcy. Alright. What's yes. up next? Let's talk about the Main Event Status Star and our Jobber of the Year, Beverly Hills. Alright. Would you like to go first on... You go first on Main Event Star, I'll go first on Jobber. I have... Uh, well, a runner-up and a main event set of star. Oh, cool. Okay. My main event set of star, the actual guy, is Dean Ambrose. Okay. Because if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Dean Ambrose would would be, I think I counted, four last matches of pay-per-views, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. And you know, like I said before, when he was with The Shield, I never expected Dean Ambrose to be as good as he is. So, you know, with... You know, with uh, the, yeah, with his uh, evolution, that six round matches with Evolution, the Wyatts, his feud with Seth Rollins, I feel like 2014 was the year of Dean Ambrose. Right. And I felt like, you know, I'm excited to see what 2015 has for him. And I'm, ex- you know, I'm excited, excited to, you know, see what 2014 means in his career years down the road. For sure. And before you do your main event set of star, my runner up has to be Bray Wyatt. Okay. In the same aspects as Dean Ambrose, if you would have told me, you know, in January of this year, if not this time last year, that twenty that Bray Wyatt's going to have main event status feuds throughout the year, I wouldn't have believed you. And the, and if you would have told me Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose would have main evented the last pay per view of twenty fourteen, I wouldn't have believed you. So I feel like you know, you know, especially with Bray Wyatt, you know, having feuds with Daniel Bryan and Jericho, Cena and Ambrose, that, that helped bring Bray Wyatt up as yeah. a you know a, a future of the WWE in professional wrestling. Nice. So those are my main event set of stars. Who's your main event main eventer? Well, you know what? My main eventer of the year is also Dean Ambrose. Uh, for many of the same reasons uh, you had. Uh, really out of nowhere, but did an awesome job with it. Great matches. Not only did he, those matches were the last on the card, almost all of those ones that you mentioned were really good. And they were worthy of that um, main event. Uh, so yeah, that he is also my main event of the year. My runner-up differs from you. My runner-up is Daniel Bryan. Fair enough. Who, if he was on the same trajectory as January through April, would have been a head and shoulders away main event of the year. Maybe, maybe he would have been lost the title to to uh, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. May, maybe. But, you know, definitely he would have been the main event of the year. Um, he had pr- maybe... Three of the best months yeah. in a long time, uh, but again, you know you can't control injuries, and and they are what they are. Um, ended up hurting him in the end, uh, but well, yeah. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, that he would be my my uh, runner up main eventer. This I might be the minority for our listeners and for other podcasters and other podcast listeners. Okay. But my jobber, 2014 Beverly Hills. Okay. Is the one, the only, the man 
From Chicago. Oh, really? CM Punk. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't totally agree with you. You know, I guess I'll read what I wrote. Okay. I understand why he walked out of the WWE, and I understand his frustrations. Expecting to be the absolute best in what he did, but going most of the year without saying anything, which I can understand legally. And I had to say he's my jobber. He came across bitter in his interviews with Colt Cabana when he said that he doesn't want to come across bitter. Yeah. And I know in my choice... I know, you know, like I said, I know my choice would be very polarizing. And maybe reason why I had to pick Punk as my jobber of the year is because he sounded very bitter and mentioned that he didn't want to come across bitter while well, he did. Like I said, said with his interview on Off the Record. Okay. You know, yeah. you know people are, he wanted people to talk to him about his MMA career, which is nothing. <laughs> you know, and, the, you know, they're trying to relate stuff to his WWE, WWE career, trying to make... It out as a joke to kind of help gives them something to talk about. Punk was pissy about it. Okay. And, you know, like I said earlier, that CM Punk, after he had his two interviews, his two podcasts with Colt Cabana, I feel like after the stuff that happened afterwards hurt his, hurt his, I guess, my, hurt my viewpoint of him. Okay. Which is why I feel, which is why he is my jobber of 2014. Okay. Uh, Who's your jobber, Beverly? Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I was going to be partially joking and partially real and say that my job of the year is Chris Jericho, huh. <laughs> which I think would work. Which, like, like we've talked about before, I'd probably understand. Where are you coming from? My No, my job of the year is John Cena, though. Uh, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think he had a great year in the ring. I think he the only reason he is where he is is because he's the fallback whenever things don't go right for him. I think he's just as cheesy, just as poor on the mic as ever. I don't know. Fair I just don't like him. And, I don't like him. And as I have been doing on who knows how many podcasts lately, Beverly Hills, this is my Pearl Harbor oh, segment. Okay, so you're going to change the name. I did. Oh, okay. This is the Pearl Harbor segment, which is now renamed to... The past to present segment. Oh, okay. Which would probably be the greatest name either. No, that's better. But it's better than better than better than evoking lots of people dying. Yes, this is now the past to present segment. (coughs) I have four questions, Beverly. Four. Which we talked about a little bit before. I guess the third one we talked about, which I'll guess I'll mention now, the CM Punk silence being CM Punk being silent most of the year is coming out podcast and. Jump into the UFC. Oh, do you feel like him jumping to the UFC hurt the WWE any at all? How's that past or present? Just compare it, you know, 2014 to 2015, Beverly. Oh, okay. I guess I don't care. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know the answer, though. Okay. <laughs> then, uh, I guess, yeah, then, let's see. How much does it hurt the industry that WWE has no competition in the wrestling business? Well, I think we talked about that one, but I think it's... Uh, obviously, as we talked about that, I think Vince is obviously extrinsically motivated. Um, he's motivated by outside competitors, and he needs that outside competitor to push him. Uh, just, I think he starts needs to look at UFC as a competitor, like you talked, or look at the NFL or MLB or something, um, and push which, himself which, that way. Which they are. You know, yeah, they, he, he takes a major hit in ratings during the football season. Anything that takes money away from him should be seen as a competitor, but he seems to think that he is, you know, on top because there are no wrestling competitors. Okay, then, do you feel like TNA has a future in 2015 on Destination America? I don't know. I take that as your initial I, response as a no. Well, I would th- I would say that 
Um, I think it's a good idea that they're kind of lowering their scope, lowering their expectations. However, I hope that they, I hope that they do. I hope they don't see like, well, you know, we have to keep around these old farts or that we need to get Alberto Del Rio or whatever. Uh, I think those would be bad moves. I think they need to keep these, um, younger, exciting talent and, and keep with that, you know, keep with the EC, whatever, EC3 and, and, the, and, and the rest of them, you know, and build up. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Then uh, one last question before we do our top, our top five list. Okay. Who do you want to see move into the main event status scene in 2015? And who do you believe deserves it from 2014? I, I thought you were going to say who deserves to move into the main event status <laughs> Studios, <laughs> and I don't know who that would be. Um, let's see. Well, when you're thinking about it, you know, like I said, with you say your answers, and then I'll say mine. Bray Wyatt, you know, he kind of showed it a little bit, but you know, like we talked about before, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Okay, I'm excited to see what 2015 has for them. And out of the three members of the Shield, I'd rather see Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose in the main event before, before, before Roman Reigns, because. You know, I know I've heard multiple podcasts that that Roman Reigns can talk if you don't if you only give him bullet points. Scripted promos he fails every okay. time. And I feel like because of that, why not let him try some bullet point promos? But because of that, it's like they're kinda John Cena in us with Roman Reigns. I would rather see Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins as the main event set as players in twenty fifteen over Roman Reigns. Okay. My answers are Bray Wyatt. Um, I'd love to see a real main event push to Dolph Ziggler. He deserves it. Um, He's put it time and time again why he should be it. Uh, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn. Cool. Then we must do a top five list, Beverly Hills. It'd be the top five matches of 2014. You do all five of yours, and then I'll do all five of mine. That's fine. Before I do my top five, I have some honorable mentions, Beverly Hills. Okay, Because right. I came up with a list, you know, kind of like with uh, Eric Eric Allen back when we did the yeah. uh, Star Wars episode. I came up with a pool a list, a ball of list, and okay. picked out the best matches, and these are the runner-ups. Got it. Daniel Bryan defeating Triple H at WrestleMania. Okay. Bray Wyatt defeating Brian, uh, Daniel Bryanson, or Brian Daniels, whatever, at the Got Rumble. Yep. Shield versus Evolution at Extreme Rules. Okay. Barack defeating Cena at SummerSlam. And uh, Cena defeating Seth Rollins at TLC at, in, a t- in a tables match. Okay. My number five is The Shield defeating the Wyatts in a six-man match at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Okay. But, you know, like I said before, you know, being there live at the Target Center was fun, and it was exciting to he- be there live, hearing everybody else chant this is awesome when those six guys just got in the ring. Okay. You know, I feel like, you know, especially with the Shield, you know, starting to become faces, you know, they were tweeners, and the Wyatt's being heels. It was inner- cool to see a heel versus heel six-man tag team match. Cool. Especially since WWE... Doesn't you know? Doesn't believe in tag teams, especially six man tag teams. It was cool to see six man tag teams having main event spots in 2014. Right. My number four has to be 
which was a, might be a surprise, John Cena defeating Bray Wyatt oh, in, cool. in a last man standing match at WWE Payback. Sure. Like I said, you know, with that match was better than the Extreme Rules match, and yep. I feel like you know the, this match and the WrestleMania match helped bring up Bray Wyatt and, and the Rumble match with uh, Daniel Bryan. Right. You know, I feel like you know, granted, you know, his feud with John Cena has stopped his momentum, but I feel like Bray Wyatt kind of showed that he can hang with the best of them and can have main event status matches. Sure. And I feel like, you know, John Cena also showed that he can have great matches with newer stars, which, like we talked about with Captain last week, Cena is hit and mess with who he has. So that's my number four. My number three has to be Daniel Bryan defeating WWE champion Randy Orton and Batista to win the WWE world title at WrestleMania 30. Okay. You know, with the months he's having before, the fans wanted... Daniel Bryan as a WWE champion, and we got him for about a month and a half, two months, until he got out with injury. Yes. So that was a great match. I feel like you know Daniel Bryan finally got his WrestleMania moment because the fans pushed for it, which is one thing CM Punk mentioned in his podcast that that's what he wanted was Daniel Bryan to get his WrestleMania moment, and he got it. Sure. So I guess Punk did change one thing in the company from his couch. Yep. My number two was going to be my number one, but I changed it up was Bray Wyatt defeating Dean Ambrose in the TLC match at TLC a couple weeks ago. So, you know, like I said, you know, I never thought those two would main event any pay-per-view in 2014. And that match was a hell of a lot better than their Survivor Series match. And you know, they were going back and forth. and they Most pay-per-views, I'm really playing on my phone, playing on Facebook, whatever, not paying attention. That match had, had me from start to finish. And like we talked about with Campton, it was probably Mom talk, walking around. Um, like we talked about last week with the captain, the ending with a monitor blown up and uh, Dean Ambrose's face was cruddy, but I I really, really enjoyed that match. Okay. It's like a metal yellow yellow for the working man. Awesome. My number one has to be going back to WWE Payback. The Shield defeating Evolution in a six-man elimination no-holds-barred match. Good stuff. Like we talked about before, Evolution put over the Shield, and I feel like that helped. That feud helped the Shield breaking up and being single stars. Right. Okay, what's your top five, Beverly? All right. Well, I clearly, <coughs> clearly messed up on this one. Um, I thought matches. I I took it in a completely different direction. Um, my number five match. Uh, was the match that lit a particularly nice bonfire uh, in my my backyard in June. My number four match was the pairing of uh, Dirty Dog Darcy and Groomsman Kevin, best friends forever. For life. Um, my number three match was... Oh, shit. Um... Uh, was the the usher pairing of a dirty dog Darcy and my cousin Ian? The number two match was main event status radio. That deserves another Dean. <laughs> Mr. Beverly Hills and the dirty dog Darcy, and my number one match, October twenty fourteen. Mr. and Mrs. Beverly Hills wedding. <laughs> that, that, your number one probably easily defeats my number no, one. Beverly stop Hills. it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so, Beverly, you may as well do uh, plugs and such for the podcast. You can listen to us at Men Event Status 
com. Again, that's mideventstatus.com. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash Radio. That's all one word. SoundCloud.com backslash Radio. Also on iTunes, subscribe to our new feed that yes, we talked about last make week. Make sure, make sure you get it. And all that. And if you're listening to us, you have, but. Well, on iTunes, yes. Oh, yeah. But if you're listening to us on other two websites, I'll say go to, and you were listening to our old feed, subscribe to the new feed with, with our main event status logo in the upper left-hand corner, a bunch of pictures. Then you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash main event status radio. Like us there, just talk to us and all that. Mm-hmm. And follow us on Twitter. Beverly, how can they follow you on Twitter? At Beverly Hills, M-E-S. Uh, for me, it's Dirty Dog M-E-S. Dog as in D-A-W-G, Dirty Dog M-E-S. And Beverly, do you have any closing comments? Uh, this was super fun. I'm loving that I'm in the main event status offices north. And um, I hope to get up here soon. I very, very well enjoyed seeing Mrs. Hills and you at House of Pizza. I do thank you, which I haven't yet. I thank you guys now publicly <laughs> no and recorded to pay for my meal. No problem. Which I appreciate. And it was great to see Mrs. Hills live and in person for, sure. for the third time ever. <laughs> and it was great, great, you know, showing at the House of Pizza having the Jericho. Yes. And it was great having you in studio, Mr. Beverly Hills. Of course. Hills. Well, thank you for having me. And for. Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll talk to you guys next time on Men Event Status Radio. Goodbye, sweet Andy. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, that's fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. 